Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, uh, Kathy. Here we are on uh, Guest Thursday, and we have a very, very, very special guest, and that's you. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, you're going to be my guest. Um, I thought that it would be really uh, kind of cool, uh, and I'll have you do that, you know, with me. But I, I think the audience, it would be, it would be kind of fun to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, um, to, absolutely. Learn, learning you a little bit, and then uh, we can learn about me and just a variety of things. And uh, hey, I noticed. Uh, you have a, a uh, sweatshirt on with Baylor. What's that all about? Yes. So it is March 31st, the end of March. And this is my tribute to Bracket Busters in March Madness. Die hard Baylor fans around here. And um, Baylor's men's and women's team both got knocked out in the second round, unfortunately. But that did not change my loyalty. Nonetheless, with that game, my bracket went from a possible number. Do you follow the do you do with the brackets on those kind of things like sure. the fantasy football sort of thing so yeah. yeah my bracket went from a possible um what was it now a possible 1540 points before the baylor game to a possible 710 after yeah that did not end well for me and now and now it's thoroughly plummeted you know I, I have like very few points I can even get so but anyway I am a loyal Baylor Bay fan anyway Sikkim Bears and your grandson Josh is also going to yeah. be the same way before you know it so yeah, yeah. we just uh uh just recently we actually he's his birthday uh uh our actually our other grandson who also is he's a tennis player and he's he's thinking about mm -hmm. if his if his older brother goes to Baylor maybe he will too he's got two more years to go uh, but he's got a birthday coming up and we just went and bought both of them, uh, which we're going to give to them in a, in a month or two, uh, a bunch of cool, uh, Baylor stuff. Oh, fine. Um, and it's a sports store in McKinney, uh, that is just strictly, uh, college, college and professional sports logos and stuff. Oh, that's um, great. And they've got this one really cool thing. Uh, it's, uh, it's a big, uh, dial. Uh, mm -hmm. of a clock lighted and you can hang it on the wall with a bracket and it rotates uh -huh. and it rotates and he and he had a Baylor one. Oh, that's great. And so we, it's like a, he said it's a brand new technology he just got licensed to do it and um, uh, we bought one he's gonna you know be able to have it for uh, their birthday where they can hang it up in their room we're gonna give it to oh, Joshua, that's so Joshua, fun. Joshua for his dorm room uh, in his graduation and It'll it'll rotate around with a clock and and it lights up, you know. So it's really that is great. That is clever. great. Really well, neat. I definitely I decided that um the the March Madness brackets the way those work is a perfect symbol of you know we talk about chaos in the world. Chaos is what my bracket turned into. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's uh it's one of those years, uh like Baylor for example uh was projected to make the Final Four. Oh yeah. Uh, 
And they were, you know, and so there's a lot of upsets this year, <laughs> uh, all the way through all the brackets. Uh, so uh, there's not, there's uh, a lot of uh, what they call Cinderella teams right, that are right. in the final, what's called now the Sweet 16, which is coming up this next week. And by the time this airs, uh, should all be over, we'll find It'll out all who, be done. who the, who the national <laughs> But it wasn't my is. team that won. <laughs> but it wasn't, uh, wasn't Baylor. And it's uh, uh, quite fun. Uh, the neat thing about, when you think of basketball, college basketball, and what they call mm-hmm. this March Madness, uh, it's it's one of the most clever approaches to a tournament that there is because it starts literally with sixty four, actually sixty eight, right. sixty eight teams now. Four, oh, four, okay. four of the four of the teams they do a play in, what's called a play in, okay, um, and they can they can if they win they get they get to be part of the sixty four, um, and so it's. Uh, in one weekend, it's 64 that goes to 32. Right. And then uh, the next week, 32 goes to 16. And now 16 is going to go to eight and then four. Wow. And ultimately, I'll, I'll yep. the, the final four the will, final four, will yep. wind up. Uh, two, two guys will play each other. Then the winner of that will play Exciting the championship. Exciting games, that's for sure. So um, instead of only the top few mm-hmm. playing a tournament, almost like they do in college football, for example, right. uh, or in the NFL. Um, there's so many teams that anything they, can happen. They can, upset, <laughs> they can upset somebody and wind up, you know, uh, winning. And so it's right? always, it's always fun to watch and it, yep, and it gives absolutely. great enthusiasm for these uh, smaller clubs for smaller teams that, you know, right. they don't, they don't have near the supposed talent of these other big time teams. Right. But, that they seem to be able to win. So it's, <laughs> how, it's how fun, fun is, to watch, fun right? Is it yeah. is fun to watch. Yeah. Fun that. It's called March man. So it's, it's, it is really fun. And uh, so we know that uh, Baylor is, uh, you know, one of your favorite places that's going to become one of my favorite places with my grandson yep. going there. So that'll be fun to watch and uh, experience for him. He's going into aeronautical engineering, by the way. Uh, Excellent. So. Good for him. Uh, yeah, we so need to he, have him back on. He's a smart kid, and uh, he's going into the what's called the core, mm-hmm. uh, and the core is ROTC, uh, where he can uh, have military uh, activity, but he's not committed to have to join the right. military. So he's gonna right. he's gonna have uh, see what God's will is, and that'll be fun for him to see it. Great he's, opportunity. He's, he certainly uh, has that mind mm-hmm. of strategy and tactics, and uh, you know being mm-hmm. able to manage it also be it'll be quite fun but we'd love to Excellent. get to know you a little bit uh during this time and so uh why don't you tell us a little bit about your years growing up where was that what was that like what was your family like uh tell us about how you uh grew up and and uh, what kind of environment you grew up in <clears throat> yeah so that's actually a big part of my story even with god um but i grew up in a town outside of memphis tennessee germantown tennessee is really where i spent most of most of my childhood um do but you, i by consider the way, do, you, do you know the uh, then do you know all the places that were in the movie uh blindside oh yeah in fact um blindside is based on the a couple different schools like the game that they play though yep. um the whole blindside thing took place at briarcrest christian school 
Right. Actually, that's where that family is from. And that uh, one of the big football games at the end is MUS. It, it's based on Memphis University School, which is a prep school there versus Briarcrest. And so ah. it, it's fun to watch it and kind of see um, see the parallels, you know, see a little bit of my hometown back there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, had friends at both of those schools now, how and far, played them how in far, lots of games. How far outside of Memphis was uh, your town? So Memphis, maybe... You know, that's a good question. I don't know. It took us, it depend on where you wanted to get to. It would take us maybe 15, 20 minutes to get okay, into, so, so right into Memphis. But Memphis is a unique kind of place. Like you don't, everybody, if I live in Germantown, if I lived in Collierville, if I lived in Bartlett, if I lived in Raleigh, I would say I'm from Memphis. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the, they're all just almost like bedroom communities of, of Memphis. You know, so you're so, a, you're a Southern girl then, right? I am a Southern girl by root. Yes. Yes. And, um, and, and loved being in the South. It did not like my hair. Well, that's a whole other story, <laughs> but uh, very humid. I have no desire to live there again, but had some phenomenal friends, um, grew up in a family that, um, that did go to church. Um, and there are some strong faith roots, um, in our family. That being said, I grew up in a very broken family. And so a lot of my story and the things that God did um, was really based on meeting me um, in, in the midst of a very broken childhood, honestly. And so I like to say my coming to God is really a but God story, um, because by all all indicators, if you were to look at how we grew up, um, I like to say sometimes our, our family put the fun in dysfunctional, but the truth is that sometimes it just wasn't that fun. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of sad and painful parts to the brokenness and, um, you know, multiple marriages, multiple fathers in and out. Um, and even to the point that when I was 16, I was actually raising my two younger sisters wow. um, with no adult living in the house. How, so, how, how old are your sisters then? Um, at that point, uh, my middle sister was 13 and my baby sister would have been 11. And so I was mom essentially, um, and, you know, ran carpool. I got, made sure everybody got to church. I did the things he needed to do. And my ex stepfather at that point, um, would come by and he would help, um, bring money for groceries and stuff. But I took care of most of that sort of thing. And so a lot of responsibility on someone at 16 years old. Um, fortunately, again, about God's story, fortunately, God had put in my life a phenomenal youth pastor and youth group and a neighbor with a huge heart of compassion that literally until I was old enough to drive would drive me, pick me up and drive me the 45 minutes it took for us to get to the church that we mm. attended. And, um, and so I plugged into that youth group and it was a lifeline to me. Um, God used that just to really show me so many sweet things about himself. And, um, and he truly, he was truly my father in the midst of that. And I still, you know, for years have been um, learning more of him as father and his yeah. father heart, but he protected me in that time and my sisters in that time and gave us a solid foundation. Um, now, that when you graduated from high school, then did you stay at home until you, your sisters were older or what, how did you get into college? No. So my, um, 
again, my, my ex-stepdad kind of helped me through the, cause I was still in communication with him. And my mom was, um, still, you know, still my mom, just not living with us. She at that time had, um, gone to do her dream job of being a flight attendant. And so she kept an apartment in New York that she lived in mm -hmm. and flew and would occasionally come visit. Um, however that played out. Um, so, um, as that all unfolded though, he did help me fill out the applications and stuff. I went to school in Colorado, um, got a really good scholarship there and truly almost moved. I looked at moving my sisters out there with me, um, because I wasn't really sure how they were going to function. And at that point, my mom re-engaged mm. and said, I'm going to move to St. Louis where it's safe for them to come. And she came and got them and oh, they moved good. in with her. Okay, good. So, um, yeah. so that's how that transpired. But yeah. at one point I had actually thought about bringing them to college with yeah. me, if you can imagine. Right. And so you um, went to, uh, uh, didn't you go to a Christian school out in uh, Colorado Springs? I went to a school in Colorado Springs, far from Christian. Okay. Um, it was called Colorado College, which okay. is a small liberal arts college okay. right in the heart of downtown Colorado. Yeah. Um, and a phenomenal school, uh, really neat. They have this uh, unique system known as the block plan where you take one class at a time for you know, three and a half weeks. And Got so it. you're all in and you take your final and then you have a four day block break and you move on to the next class. So wow. some unique opportunities in that, um, some unique travel opportunities with classes in that, all kinds of things that it had its benefits for sure. Um, but that was a time I will say where, where I had such a strong faith growing up and really anchored into God. Um, when I got to college, my intention was to go with and keep my strong faith. And the reality was that um, I was picked off pretty quick. <laughs> um, and it was just a time, I think, when I look back at it, I think a lot of what went on is I had been so responsible for so long. I did. I no longer wanted to be the responsible one. Yeah, and so sure. I just walked in rebellion. Yeah. I walked in rebellion from God and kind of basically took a year of hiatus Um not listening. And God just doesn't stand for that. When he has his hand on his children, he's not going to let you stay in that ugly place. And so um, he did bring me back. And as he brought me back, the beauty in that is that's about the same time that he literally had, you know, 20 minutes from my campus, he was working in the heart of a handsome Italian and bringing him to God for the first time. Right. right and right. so what is fun about that, um, I like to think about in that story is honestly, if Dan and I had met years before, um, when I had grown up in my very Southern Baptist church, which I'm thankful for, but nonetheless, you know, it brings with it its own thing. Um, when I had grown up there, I did not have a lot of grace or mercy in my perspective. And I would not have given Dan the time of day. Yeah, sure. You know, I would not have given him the time of day. And until I had walked through making some pretty stupid mistakes myself and recognized the power of grace and even how we end up making some of those decisions that we make, um, that y'all, that was part of him preparing my heart. I, I think he used that. He redeemed it. I don't think he desired me making those choices, but he absolutely redeemed those choices in, um, in part of my story. And it gave me a new compassion for people and an ability to see them, um, 
as, as who he sees them and who he desires them to be. Yeah. Um, and so it definitely was a big part of my story. And like I said, Dan and I then met and, and as we met, because I was coming back to this humble beginning and he was literally at the beginning, we were able to grow in our faith together from that point forward, yeah. not perfectly by any stretch, but together. And it was, it was a cool, cool dynamic that God worked there. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, uh, uh, if you, uh, again, want to go back and hear Dan and Kathy's story about that process, which is cool, uh, yeah. of, how, of how he brought you together and then you got married and, uh, you know, and wound up in, in uh, the East Coast and uh, uh, particularly New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you've, uh, you know, grown in your faith and now learned, to, you know, what it meant to abide and to, uh, walk with God, um, I know one of the ways that he communicates to you is through dreams. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't have to go into anything specific, but talk about how that works for you in terms of, uh, since it's, it's not just once in a while, it tends to be, uh, you know, fairly, uh, regular for you yeah. to receive. There God's, are real patterns God's, to it. Yeah. God's patterns, you know, tell, tell a little bit about how you've experienced that beautiful way of God communicating with us. So it's interesting because, again, go back to my background. Um, I like to call myself a Bapticostal Republicrat <laughs> because I do not fit neatly into any box. Another, another, <laughs> really. new, another new term, uh, supercalifragilistic, SPL, you know, something like that, right? <laughs> something like that. But, uh, but it's funny. I don't know how long it is that he has tried to communicate to me in dreams, but I will say um, he has definitively communicated to me in dreams um, all the way back to 2015. Yeah. Um, and, and I just kind of started like there was the first dream I think I had, I woke up and I knew I've always been somebody who had dreams, but I just knew in my heart, there was something more to that. And it was like, he prompted and said, could you please pay attention? <laughs> and so it prompted me to write it down. And mm-hmm. so I did, I, I actually went and sat and wrote that dream down and I'm like, God, what is that? And I, you know, at this point I haven't even learned abiding from you or anything, you know? And, and so I'm just like asking what, what in the world is this? What is it you're saying? And he would continue to just unfold things. And then the more I pressed in and asked him, the more I found myself able to differentiate between what was a bad pizza dream is what I would call it. And what was something that he was literally saying, no, pay attention to this, write it down. Um, And since that time, he has grown me in that. And I honestly think for me, because I am mom, wife, you know, high capacity person that tends to do a lot of things that it is a sweet way for him to communicate to me when the rest of everything is shut off. Um, that is, that is when my mind is completely shut off and he can simply come and speak truth and show things. And so I have learned, you know, a lot of times in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and something will have occurred. And he'll even, even sometimes it's not even a dream. Sometimes it's, he lays a verse, a a particular scripture. I don't even know what it is, but like, you know, I woke up the other night and he said, Ezekiel 44, four. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll, I wrote it down and I'll check in in the morning when I abide. I didn't need to know what it was even right then. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I'll pay attention and let's do this. And so I've learned to be sensitive to that. Um, and, and then when I talked to people about it, I said, you know, you really can tell there's, there is a difference between a dream that is clearly my random thoughts of the day just spinning and when he is speaking. And there's, there's almost just this, um, 
where he pinpoints and he says, no, this, this is it. Pay attention. And so I've learned to do that. I do tend to have more of them in periods of um, when I'm fasting and that's not even, doesn't even need to be a food fast. If he has laid on my heart, a fasting, you know, fasting from Facebook or something like that. Whenever I remove things um, and make an intentional effort to hear more clearly from him on things is typically when most of my dreaming occurs. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the uh, reasons I wanted to share that is that um, uh, it is a way that God communicates to us. Remember, we have Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Um, Our consciousness is basically sleeping, Mm -hmm. uh, not active, but our subconscious, our, our life is still going on. The spirit is always there. Right. Uh, can communicate things to us where we can't, we can't stop it and we can't filter it. Right. Uh, we just record it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I know as you've gone through it, that uh, one of the things he teaches us is that usually it's just a simple message. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super complicated. Just I want to show you something. I want to alert you to something. I want to give you a heads up. I want to uh, help you understand something. Um, interesting enough, dreams tend to be lots of detail but detail that you can identify with. And then he says, here's what, here's what this means, right. which isn't, you know, for you to stop your living, but rather uh, I'm going to give you some uh, direction, some in- information, some understanding that I need to have you pay attention to It's by the way, and right. it can be, and, and you've experienced this, uh, it can be a warning. Uh, it can mm-hmm. be, Hey, by the way, yeah. uh, you need to be careful because, Something, right. something's about ready to right. happen. So I just wanted to and encourage you. Oh, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say another interesting thing to, to my dreams, I feel is it is not uncommon because he's taught me to write them down for him to prompt me to go back. I mean, there's dreams that I have had that something will occur and he'll say, go back to your dream in you know, remember this dream, go back to it. And it will have been years before. And he'll use one piece of what I recorded that I did not yet understand. And he'll bring that to light. Right. And then, you know, and so there have been several dreams that I've had that layers over years have been revealed as his timing um, was for me to receive that. Right. Right. And the one thing you said is that's important is um, because people dream and God's, God's way of communicating to you is, uh, have have a piece of paper or a journal or something next to your bed. So when you wake up with it, you immediately can write down all the detail of it. Because right. we say, tomorrow, I'm sure I'm going to remember this because and it's so don't. vivid. You <laughs> wake up half the time and remember you had one. Right. Uh, or other times like, yeah, it was something, but I don't remember the detail of it. Well, write the detail down. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask God to give you uh, an interpretation. Uh, ask your spouse or a friend and Hey, let right. me share with the, uh, you can, yeah, I uh, send lots of dreams to you and Dave yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and other, other people can help. And remember, there's no magic to it. And I don't even, I, I encourage people don't get a book on dreams. God no. doesn't operate with a system. No. Uh, it's personal. It's simple. Uh, mm-hmm. ask him and he'll tell you, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. And so I wanted everybody to yeah. To know because because you have such uh, beauty beauty in that um, and you've learned it uh, it's such mm-hmm. a good thing to do and then one other thing I wanted to uh, catch on before we uh, end it is um, you you uh, as, as you have shared uh, both you're experiencing you know the superabundant life you're experiencing the covenant uh, it doesn't mean absence of trouble right uh, we've talked about that God can restore and fix things but 
but one of the things that uh, that thrills me is that you are actively uh, uh, fulfilling the covenant. I'm going to bless you to become a blessing. You give it away with you do retreats, you do discipling. What 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 about that? that happens that that it brings such enthusiasm to you and in essence why do you do that because a lot of people say well i don't have the time for it uh or whatever but why don't you share a little bit about what what happens in your life that you are so uh excited and and experience the joy of 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 giving it away well honestly gosh i don't even know how to describe that fully but it, it is truly such a joy. And the thing is that when we truly believe something um, and when we're truly experiencing it and it brings joy and fulfillment and adventure to our heart and purpose and delight and all these things, you can't help but want to give it away. I mean, I, I think about, you know, you see all these people who are like, you know, I, you, I don't know if you follow on Facebook, but you know, I'm always seeing people put their little weight loss journey and I can't wait to share how I lost five pounds. I can't wait to share, you know, how I made a fortune. I can't wait to share. Um, and the reality is that part of the reason that I actually shy away from all of those things is because any time that I have to leverage or any influence I have to leverage, if I have, and I can't wait to share it said, I can't wait to share Jesus. Yeah. I can't wait to share that. And so I don't want to waste my time or my, I'm not judging anybody else who does. Um, but I don't want to waste my time, um, and resources and whatever to do anything other than just bring people back to him. Because if I have any, any influence to leverage, it's that I want to leverage it to get people to walk in intimacy with God. Yeah. Um, because of what that has meant in my life, in my family's life, I have seen and live and experience fully the fruit of it through good times and bad, you'll go back to my childhood. I remember, um, laying on my bed, you know, in tears, crying out, um, just, you know, why in the world? And God just (laughs) tenderly meeting me in that place and holding me and strengthening me and stepping me into what's next and breathing purpose into that. And there are broken people everywhere we look. We don't know what they're walking through. We don't know what they faced. We don't know what their world looks like beyond their Instagram photos. And when you step into those broken places with them and lead them back and walk with them, not just, you know, I've heard it said before, there's a difference between a travel agent and a tour guide. A travel agent tells you what to do, even books it and then waves and says goodbye till you get there. A tour guide comes alongside, walks with you as you journey, and then actually asks questions and converses with you and goes, I want to be a tour guide more than a travel agent. I want to walk in the mess with people and and be there with them to help step them to the feet of Jesus. And there is truly no greater joy. I, I can't say it more than that. There's no greater joy than to get to see somebody else step into life with him and live it out fully. Yeah. And when you, and when you see that, uh, what does it do for your heart that you get to experience somebody else learning what it means to live in the covenant and say, and have things restored and and have, have joy in their life? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it brings me great joy. I mean, that is like the thrill of my life. There is no better way for me to spend my time. I love it. I love seeing the restoration and seeing him step in and meet people and watching the light bulb go on when they hear from God, what they really feel like for the first time, Yeah, you know, and it becomes personal to them. It's huge. Yeah. That's the excitement of, um, 
of our retreats, uh, we get to experience people for the mm-hmm. first time, hear from God, and, and God gives them a specific personal message. And that's always mm-hmm. amazing to yeah, us. Like, it is, right? How does that work? Um, and then um, one of the things we do in retreats uh, is that we do a reunion of mm-hmm. the people that, that were abiding. And we just had one recently, a dinner of a retreat from an abider group. And it was just thrilling to hear this is what happened to me this month by me learning to walk with God. Right. And and they're sharing, and you can sense it in their hearts. They, they yeah. came to the retreat a little bit heavy and troubled. Right. And they're, they're starting to live the life of joy because God is, is fulfilling, yeah. you know, what he's speaking to them. And uh, it's such, a, it's such a, a joy. And uh, Kathy and I get to, and I know you're expressing this, is that... Um, there's two things about it. One, it's not a duty. Uh, well, I have to go do it and it's troublesome to do it. No, no, you can't wait. Uh, <laughs> um, and then secondly is that, um, a lot of people look at it as well. There's certain lucky ones and there's certain unlucky ones. Uh, and I might be one of the unlucky ones or I, I've tried to help people and a lot of them don't get helped and it's discouraging. Uh, and the beauty of the covenant, uh, of God's life is that he says, first of all, I'm going to bless you and give you joy like you're expressing. And then, um, I'm going to have you give it away. And there'll, there'll be people who have a heart to receive it and will receive it. And you'll get, you'll, you won't look at people anymore as lucky. You're going to look at them as if you, and like you said, your heart goes out. I know, I know the struggle you have, Right. If you would just come this way, I know what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. And I can hardly wait to have you experience yeah, that. Absolutely. So um, we'll talk. Uh, we're going to have Kathy back again and talk more. I'd like to have you talk more about that specifically of of how does that work and how do you get involved with this? Because you don't have you don't have anything to tell them. Uh, right. You walk with them. Um, yep. and, and I'd like to I'd like to explore that a little bit further. So we will. So. Kathy, it's been a uh, real pleasure and honor uh, to get to know and and, uh, Mm -hmm. even learn about your childhood. And uh, what a great story of redemption. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, God is good. uh, God is good. It it could have gone in a a really bad way and and, Mm -hmm. uh, you you could have had an oppressed life because of it. But you walked with God. And he's, he's giving you the joy. and uh, I am living, truly living a by God story. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we thank you for that privilege. And uh, we look forward to hearing more uh, from you. And I, I know the audience would love to hear more as well. So Kathy, I love you. And uh, thank you so much for all right. Thank uh, you, you so much. Thank you. Have a great okay. day, everyone. Thanks for right. listening. Yep. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.